All right, we're live. And we are live. Not really live. I was going to say, yeah. Why are you lying to people? I'm not. <clears throat> Hold on. I, I, have, I have to know this now. Just before we started recording, I was trying to figure out what year. 2010, I believe, came out? 2008. I'd be lying if I told you. What year of the social network? 2010. Nailed it. Sort of. Kind of <laughs> half nailed it. Half nailed. 2010 Academy Awards. Who won Best Actor at the 2010 Academy Awards? The Hurt Locker won Best Picture. Mm. Oh, Jeff Bridges won for Crazy Heart. Yeah, I yeah, I watched that movie and I thought this is good, but I, like he's he's just been playing Rooster Cogburn for the past like 5 years. Yeah. So it's like okay, it Some was variety. a good role, but I mean it wasn't like <clears throat> extraordinary. Yeah. It's a variety of a country fried old man. Yeah, just I just think that the stuff that Jesse Eisenberg does in the social network like he doesn't play he obviously doesn't do like an impression of Mark Zuckerberg. No, he 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 embodies the spirit of him more so than. Well, for the story, he's perfect. Yeah, that exactly. Like if you like from the book, it's uh, uh, that it's based on, and like the. It's called the Facebook. What? I hate you. I hate you so much, man. <laughs> no. Uh. Now I've lost my train of thought. Okay, that's all we needed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> Another fun fact, this was the year that, that Avatar got nominated for all those awards. Hmm. Got nominated for nine Academy Awards. Wow. Didn't deserve any of them. <laughs> Whoa. Visual effects? Come on. Didn't deserve it. Okay. Actually, I don't even think it won for visual effects. It had to get something for visual effects. It got best production design. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> that's oh all he got. Oh my god! Did, didn't get visual effects. <laughs> wow. Who got visual effects? The Hurt Locker got sound mixing. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh no, it did get visual effects. Okay, I was going to say, who the hell? It did. One over Avatar. Yeah. It's yeah, all that, visual effects. That would have been kind of insane. Yeah. This was also the year that Monique won Best Supporting Actress, and then mm. after that, her career took a tailspin. And that's a whole other story. And that movie, and that movie also won best adapted screenplay. Which one? Precious. Mm. Precious is the worst. <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's in, in fact, it's a good movie. But it's it's a movie that I put on a list of movies that you watch once and you never watch You're again. Done. Yeah. And Precious, in my opinion, is at the top of that list. Yeah. It's just. It's such. A bummer. I've heard enough about it to know what yeah. I need. Oh God, it it's depressing. Almost every frame of that movie is sad. <laughs> it's just sad. And even the good parts, you're like, oh, that's nice. And then it's undercut with more sadness mm -hmm. and brutality. And you're just like, this movie. Even the ending is a melancholy yeah. ending. Yeah. Where you're like, you know, she's she's spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for <laughs> Precious if you ever decided in 2020 to go and watch Precious. Um, 
she like you know i guess she's she i forgot the specific ending but she accepts things and she seems happy and stuff but also she has hiv these all these terrible things still happened yeah i mean she she so her kids her two children who are both born all mentally messed up because they're the children of incest her father sexually assaults her fun all the time. I'm glad we're opening with this. And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saving people the trouble of, of sitting through right. this... this. Well, maybe maybe I should save them the <laughs> trouble of like sitting through it, sitting through this. Right. Because we're yeah. not... Okay. All right. I'll move on. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> but uh, Monique. Monique was incredible in it. Yeah. And then uh, the rumors are she got blackballed because of she was... She's very difficult to work with. Who knows? It's too bad for her. That's all you can really say yeah. about that. And then and then she tried to get a stand-up special and didn't accept Netflix's money and then made it a whole thing. Just more sad endings all around. <laughs> well, I hope you get your money, Monique, and I hope you know. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just oh, yeah, I'm gonna just guy, clear it. it. I'm gonna clear it. I'm gonna get the fuck out. Let's get to the I'm beer. Gonna, I'm gonna eject button out of this. Go, go to let's, beer. Let's just beer's, drink. Beer's let's good. just get to the beers. So let's just get to the beers. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's brew is coming from the Sideward Brewing Company. Uh, have we had anything from Sideward? We had to have. We had to have. I don't think we've taken anything home. Yeah, I guess because the last one I brought home was the UCF special one, the Citronaut one. And I don't know if we featured that on the show. We might have. I think we did feature that one. Okay. Either way, if we have, we have, we have. I remember we, we talked about it. We, well, I don't know if it was that one specifically, but either way, sideward. Um, if we haven't talked about it, well, I'm, or I should rephrase, if we have talked about it, I'm sorry for bringing it up again. But sideward is a new brewery that opened up mm-hmm. uh, on what was it on Mills? Yeah, or close to Mills. Well, close to close. It's near the. Milk it's District. local. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. The people that work there, fantastic. The beers that they have come out with so far have all been great. Mm-hmm. And we're excited to do another one. This is the Gunner Lager, specifically made to be shotgunned. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell by the labeling, there's actually a part a, a, a part where you would pierce the, the can. Mm-hmm. As so one you does. Shotgun it. So, uh, it's a American light lager at 4.5% ABV. It's on Bumby, so it's close to Mills. If you're local, you know where that's at. If you're not, it's close to downtown. It, well, it's right by the Milk District. It's right yeah. behind the Milk District. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to shotgun these. No. We're just going to drink them. Uh, sorry if you're disappointed. Uh, let's have a good time. This is the One Beer and Podcast. Damn it. does nothing for my sore throat, but I'm here for the people. That's all right. No, it's not sore yet, but it's getting there. I can always tell. Mm-hmm. Tickles I, a little bit. No, I told you in that message. I texted you. Um, like it, it, it always gets a little itchy. Yeah, it's it a little itchy. Then mm-hmm. you start to 
Like, mm-hmm. you start to do, <clears throat> yeah, you clear your throat a little bit, and then you're like, okay, these next couple of days are going to be very important. Is my <laughs> immune system going to fight this, uh-huh. or am I going to be bedridden? Just crumble. So, hopefully, I mean, I, I, it's been well documented how often I used to get sick, mm-hmm. especially in the early days of this podcast. It was I've missed episodes. Yeah. From being too sick to do oh, your your sciences have been a major issue yeah with this show and life <laughs> so you can probably hear that I, I mean i'm always a little congested <laughs> so you can probably i mean if i'm a little more congested it, it you know it, it definitely doesn't help when i'm trying to sing oh yeah no. you know i you try to you try to sing you try to open up your chest and like really go for it mm-hmm. and then like your throat just like closes yeah, up seizes it's on like, you and yeah, it just doesn't, it's not conducive for that. So yeah, maybe no. I'll go to the doctor one day and have them. I saw this thing on House, this uh, the, documentary. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Medical documentary. This medical documentary called yep. House. And uh, one of the guys, I don't remember what his prognosis was, but at one point they fucking drill into his nose. Ugh. Yeah crazy and then all this shit just starts leaking uh, out of him and i'm like maybe i need that <laughs> it looked painful yet satisfying right, yeah i mean everybody who's ever had a sinus infection or bad allergies have wanted to do that to their head yeah you know, just drill a hole in and just yeah poop yeah. it out yeah i think it's like sinus pressure so i, w- I want to just open everything up mm-hmm. but alas i shall deal this is the One Beer and Podcast, <laughs> the podcast where two brews crack open a brew and see where that one brew takes us. My name is Marco Dupa. With me, as always, the great, the powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Brewskies? This is episode 232. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast, uh, rating, subscribing, reviewing, sharing, sharing, all that jazz. Loving. We appreciate it. Hugging. Keep doing so. Tell your friends about us. Uh, have you been keeping up with this Takashi Six Nine stuff? Vaguely. Oh, why? Why? Why vaguely? It's the most interesting thing in hip hop right now. I guess. Literally, like, there's nothing else that I care about yeah, in, in hip hop. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating to yeah. me. I mean, it's an interesting story for sure. I just, I don't know. I, I hate, hate getting wrapped into the into hip hop drama. You know. I guess, yeah, no, I understand that because I don't, I don't like that either. It's all tabloid. It is, you know. Crap. When, when, when there's drama in hip hop, it's, it's as bad as reality TV shows. It's just, it's, it's just so a, it, cringy. It, it takes me right back to high school. It's yeah, like, it's immature. Why are we talking and, rumors and speculation? Yeah, it's, it's really who hates who, who has beef with who. It's really not handled well, for sure. But this, this is a little different considering. There's no real, there's no beef. There's no real drama. I mean, he's just, this is, this is now very clinical. Right. And it's actual law. Yeah. Uh, for those who have not been keeping up, Takashi 69 of Gummo fame, he's been in jail now for a little bit. If you know, if you don't know who he is, basically he's the rainbow haired, uh, screamo rap, gangster rapper. Yeah. He claimed to be a blood. He claimed that he would, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, etc. Uh, 
And that was his whole thing, his whole persona. He's the guy with all the six nines tattooed all over his body. And face. And face. And he has jigsaw on his face. Like he was just that that was his whole thing was being like this Uber gangster, basically. And uh I'll just give you guys the quick version of it. They were tailing him. They had his his phones bugged and all this stuff. There was an entire investigation on this guy going on for months. Then they finally had enough evidence. They struck down, arrested him and his compatriots and charged him with racketeering and all kinds of other jazz that probably would have put him in jail for the rest of his foreseeable life. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Takashi 69, birth name Daniel Hernandez, we find out that Literally, the day after he was arrested, he started cooperating with the police, mm-hmm. i.e. snitching. Yeah. This dude, his... I, mean, I am an open book. I mean, what do you want to know? Dude, it's just... And that's, and that's the fascinating part about this whole thing. Hip-hop, the, the, the gangster side of hip-hop is, is built on uh, this machismo... Mm-hmm. And and um, your street credibility, yeah, and maintaining that for your for your career and like I mean that's that's half of the reason that people give a shit about some of these guys is the fact that they either believe everything that they say or they're so good at what they say they suspend their disbelief. Yeah. So I think Rick Ross falls in the latter category. We all know he was a corrections officer right. and he really doesn't have any quote unquote street credibility. Mm-hmm. But he's so good. He makes such good music that you're like you kind of just go whatever. Yeah. I I don't care. Well, it helps that people who do have street credibility respect him. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And he did the smart thing, which was he just put his head down and just kept moving forward. Yeah. Instead of like, I don't even think he's ever acknowledged it. I think he just fucking just said, I'm, I'm, we're, we're past that. That was a different life. I'm, yeah. I'm this guy now. Yeah. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Even when like Freeway Ricky Ross was like, this guy's fake. Mm-hmm. He stole my name, all this stuff. Rick Ross just said, no, I'm going to keep moving forward. <laughs> I'm going to just keep going. That's nice and all, but I have a song. <laughs> and you know what? It worked. Yeah. People forgot about the corrections thing. You know, he still makes great music. He's got a record label. He's crushing it. Yeah. Fucking crushing it. Yep. So that's what you do. Or, like I said, the former is people believe you. So that's that adds to everything that you say. Mm-hmm. I think Takashi like fell under both categories. Like for for, you know, dumb white kids. They believed that he was a gangster and that he was doing all the shit that mm-hmm. he was doing. The suburban youth. Yeah. For everybody else, we were like it's just it does it just don't add up. Yeah. You see these old pictures of him. I mean he's a young guy and the pictures of him before he was Takashi 69. Mm-hmm. I mean they they weren't that long ago and he was like this clean cut yeah. like, you know, it looked like an image. He just seemed like a yeah, it looked like an image from the onset. It was like there's something off about this. And lo and behold, it was or is. <laughs> there's a, a a a court reporter who's live tweeting the the trial as we speak and it has just been a gold mine of 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 information about i mean it's just he is he's he's fully cooperating mm-hmm. and just 
I mean, I mean, it's like it's like they took a knife and just split him open down his from his neck to his belly button. Like he's just bleh, just yeah. spilling it all, dude. Spilling the guts. And I don't know. It's just so it. I never thought. I guess now it seems more likely than it ever has before. But I never thought we'd live in a world where something like that would happen. You know, I mean, he's basically he, he threw away his career. Yeah. Well, he threw it away for his life. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, Saving everybody. Yeah, everybody in. I think most people in that position would have done the same. Yeah. Uh, probably not real gangsters. No. They don't do that kind of stuff. Right. They they eat that time and mm-hmm. they go, this is what I signed up for. Right. This is who I am. I'll be taken care of in prison. Yeah. And And I mean, and not even just knowing that you're going to be all right in prison, but just... You know, there's a certain level of. It's gonna get a little dicey. Okay. <laughs> like I don't want it to sound like I'm like, yeah, fucking, you know, assault people and murder them. And assault, I don't give, you know, Criminals. whatever. But there is a level of integrity to accepting the consequences to your actions. Mm-hmm. And not throwing anybody else under the bus just because you're going down. Like you eat what is fed to you. That's right, your right, shit. Right. You take that shit and you you take it to the grave. Mm-hmm. That's on you. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, "Well, that's easy for you to say." And I respond, "Yeah, because I wouldn't <laughs> be in that position in the first right, place. So right. it is very easy for me to say." Yeah. Uh, and I, I think you know I you commend the guys like like uh, like um, the dude. The dude that uh, went to jail for for Jay Z for like twelve years, mm-hmm. like it's easy, obviously, to go to jail to go to jail for Jay Z. You know you're gonna get taken care of, but <laughs> I at, would hope so. On, well, but uh, but at the same time, I mean, he really could just have fucking ratted him out, man. Mm-hmm. He could have done that, and uh, he could have got like I think you know he would have been out way long. I mean, he's out now, right. and you have to believe like he's out now and he's a fucking millionaire for just not snitching on a right, guy, right? But then again, hey man, you know, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> There's rewards there too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in that situation, it's like what what price can you put on your on this years of life that you lost? You know. Yeah, I guess it depends. Again, the guy in question, Emery. Uh, I I don't know him, obviously, but to him, to me, it seems like it was more important for him to keep his integrity mm-hmm. than it was to be free. Yeah. And for some people that's more important. Yeah. You know, that's why, you know, I, I admire people who I don't admire criminals, <laughs> but I admire people. Oh, you like rap. <laughs> I do. Of course, of course you do. Of course. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. all do. I don't admire them, but I find them endlessly entertaining. You probably think Scarface was the good guy. <laughs> I love I lo- I have a bit about Scarface mm. and gangs and and rappers and gangsters. Like yeah. everybody loves Scarface. And that's like their favorite character in the movie and they emulate the character and they emulate his life and everything. But he was an idiot. He was an idiot who got killed in the end. Right. And people always seem to forget that last frame mm-hmm. of the camera panning out and moving up and his body floating in that pool. Yeah. The and world all, is yours, and all the all the fucking guys who are they just kind of like yep. walk out of his big mansion, and they just call it a day. And he's dead. 
Sosa's alive, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, okay. so uh, yeah, it's just it's just integrity is admirable. I guess is I mean it goes along with the entire outlaw aesthetic that Americans have loved since basically the birth of this country. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we all love the bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy that has uh, rules. Yeah. If yeah. you're just a lawless, crazy psychopath, we don't like you. But if you have a set of rules, yeah, it seems okay for some reason. Right. Well, I mean, like, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. is a is a series based around criminals. Right. And we uh, we're, we're fans of them. Right. And it's just so like I I love thinking about that movie because like the third one is about like the pirates world getting smaller yeah because everything is being discovered and they're making maps of right. things and now modernization basically exactly and they're like you almost feel sad for them mm-hmm. but like pirates were awful people yeah I mean, they, they still are yeah today. modern piratism sucks right it's awful <laughs> they kill people they hold people hostage they, they steal stuff rape and pillage right. steal i mean that was their whole thing that's and the, the movie, <laughs> it's just so funny. They're like, this sucks. We want to co- continue to rape and pillage and steal from people. Right. And, and the way that they frame it is in a way that we're like, oh, man, that does suck. Like, <laughs> oh, man. He can't, he can't just sail the open seas. And it's like, yeah, maybe Jack Sparrow wanted to sail the open seas, but the rest of them like murdered right. people. Get really all drunk the time. and kill families on the open ocean. <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with like uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. The entire storyline for both of those is that They're, the time of the cowboy is dying. Right. Time of the cowboy should die. That You know, that, that's lawlessness. Right. That's anarchy. But it's also freedom. And it's also <laughs> uh, the American spirit. And adventure and all these other things all these other qualities that we hold high at least in this country you know like there's there's something to that outlaw uh aesthetic that i think that we all kind of subscribe to yeah and would like a little bit of grit in our own lives like that and aspire to to be that brave and bold and brash yeah when really a lot of those guys i mean i i like the uh the scene in um Unforgiven, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it basically it's like they're talking about uh, dime store novels about the old West, and this is like in a time where the West is basically over, mm. and they're talking to old cowboys about. I forget the exactly what the quote in the scene was or who the, the characters were, but the gist of it was, you know, do you believe you grew up reading these things and you believed it? Like that happened, but we were all drunk and we were just shooting at each other. <laughs> like that wasn't how it went out. It wasn't this heroic thing where we were out, you know, battling at noon. Yeah. Uh, Saving damsels in distress. Exactly. Like shit. that's not it. We were just, <clears throat> we were drunk most of the time. We got into fights and we shot each other. Yeah. And we killed each other. It was crazy. It was madness. It wasn't, it wasn't something to aspire to. You guys, you know, zhuzh it up in your books to sell. But that's not the truth behind it. Yeah. And that always stuck with me because I feel like that's the vast majority of any of those outlaw culture stories mm-hmm. from from the pirates to modern day gangsters. You it's, know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like uh, an, another good one is uh, that the movie Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. 
it has this really romantic view of samurais. Right. And the samurai as a thing, as a culture, as a yeah. person, as a everything, right? Yeah. And the whole movie is based around Japan's modernization. And a white savior. And a white savior, of course. Got to have the white savior. I mean, if, you, if you're going to have a white savior, you could do worse than Tom Cruise, though. It's true. I mean... Short but effective. Right. And so the whole movie is about that. And uh, I think it's an incredible movie. Mm -hmm. But I was reading some reviews about it and some historians were saying, some some Japanese historians were like upset about the movie because they were like, this whole movie is is taking this romantic view of samurai as if they were like this these these beautiful men of culture and mm-hmm. and you know Japanese modernization pushed them to the outskirts of town and finally uh, destroyed them and you know we have to we have to remember our culture and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of samurai were garbage, like pieces <laughs> yeah. of shit people yeah. with who, power, with a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um, around that t- around the time frame of which the movie is set yeah. in. The samurai were fighting. It's not, like early 1800s or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's like 18 early or mid. Yeah, 1820 something. Yeah, around the time of the Wild West. And he he was saying that the samurai were fighting not for, not to continue this beautiful life that they were living, but mm-hmm. they were like they were losing their power. Mm-hmm. They were like we 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 don't want to give up the fact that we're basically it was the shogun and mm-hmm. we were basically the bodyguard for the shogun. So we had all of the power. Right. And uh, <clears throat> they did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Same with pirates: raped, pillaged, mm-hmm. stole things, took land, killed people without with reckless abandon. Yeah. Didn't matter. They just they run they ran shit. Mm. And Jap- the Japanese the citizens were like, "We're done with this. We need <laughs> a democracy. We need a con- we need a government. We need an actual. Let's get some cops." Yeah. And uh, so it's it's stuff like that where we yeah. have this this like you said this this culture of like the 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 our. Uh, our uh, um, adulation of the anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the entire the entire crux of people looking at the Civil War that way, too. Right. You look at Johnny Reb and you go, ah, uh, a forgotten time. And, you know, these, these poor fools fighting on the wrong side and mm-hmm. they just ended up on the wrong side of this, this war and they're doomed, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, yeah, well... Uh, slaves. <laughs> yeah, slaves. There's a little more to it than that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not even going to go down that road because there's tons of things you can look up online about what the Civil War is really about. And yeah, we're not going to do that here. It was about slaves. Sorry. <laughs> States' rights. Yes, slaves. Slaves. Okay. But, uh, 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 and, and it's also the crux of hip-hop culture. Right. A lot of it, not hip-hop culture, but rap music. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is the adulation of anti-heroes in their music. Most of the gangster rappers are anti-heroes, where you're like, you know that they're getting into like some criminal shit, right? But it's like, it's like having a person who you know is doing wrong, but they're like, they're your homeboy. So you're like, I know he's, I know he's right. fucking up, but like, that's yep. my guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, what I'm saying, like, I got his back. You know, I wish he wouldn't do all the yeah. bad shit that he does, but that's my guy. It's not... uh, in my eyes, it's like a warrior poet aesthetic. Yeah. You know, like they're tough guys, and they're people you wouldn't want to necessarily run into, uh, especially on the wrong side of. But they're also having this this artistic side that allows them to give you a view into their lives and in an artistic outlet. Yeah. So that makes them more appealing. 
All of this is to say, or is not to say that Takashi is any of those fucking well, no, things. No, no, this is this is exactly the point. Is that this entire situation of him ratting everybody out is a perfect example of the reality, right? The reality of what this this supposed gangster uh, ended up being. Yeah, it's that's not the case. Yeah, there it's, was, it's make believe for right. a lot of these guys. It's yeah, it's it's Hollywood. He was there, propped up, uh, apparently. From his own words. He was to, literally a prop for them. Yeah, to just make money for the actual gang. Yeah. And that's it. But, you know, who's who's the figurehead here? Who's the person that you're actually looking at on TV mm. and going, oh, look at this cool gangster. Yeah. A guy who has actually no power, has done nothing yeah. of street credibility. And he, didn't, he didn't even have to, uh, he didn't even have to get initiated. Right. According to him. Yeah. They just let him in the group. Yeah. Because they knew... That what he was doing was going like he was going viral, mm-hmm. and they just let him in. So right. he he did no dirt for them. Right. He just made his shitty music. Right. And people ate it up. Which is not to say that every rapper has to do that, but at the same time, like, no. yeah, just or, just or that that there are rappers that there are a lot of rappers doing that. Mm-hmm. There might be. There probably is. Yeah. But you you only know case by case. Yeah. Well, it's just to say, like, don't believe everything you hear. As far as I'm concerned, I, I we've been listening to hip hop for basically our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe ninety percent of the stuff that these guys say anymore. Yeah, I just I'm just entertained by how they say it. Right. That's why I'm fans of guys who like gangster rappers that can actually rap. Yeah. So that's I mean. Who knows what like the Griselda guys have done in their in their lives? Mm-hmm. They seem pretty credible. I'm not gonna like I'm never question their credibility. <laughs> right. Right. But at the same time, if they were lying, I don't care. Because West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine can rap. Yeah. And that they make good music. That's all that really matters at this point. Yep. And Takashi Six Nine doesn't make good music, no. <laughs> and so it, and it never will. And it, yeah, that's that's fucking over with. Yeah, that is fucking over with. Somebody posted this picture on Twitter of like a young uh, Taylor Lautner, and they were like <laughs> Takashi in Wisconsin living a full and healthy life. Yeah, <laughs> got clean. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have to basically wear makeup for the rest of his life because yeah. you can't remove those tattoos. Yeah, it would, t- it would take forever. You can't remove them. Yeah, you can see people have this idea that like you can just go somewhere and and they burn it off. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like, yeah, you can just get your tattoos removed, but they don't really remove them. Yeah. They fade them to the point that they're like, is that a scar on your face? And right. you're like, nah, it's a tattoo I used to have. Yeah. That's what it's still. I don't know if like. <clears throat> In 2019, where we've advanced to the point where they're completely removed, mm-hmm. but the last time I checked, you can't like they don't just go away. Yeah. And the tattoos that he has, mm-hmm. that jigsaw tattoo, yeah, a lot of detail, a lot, a of, lot color. of color, and yep. it's right there on his fucking cheek, man. Yeah. I don't care how how many times you get a fucking skin peel. And you burn that shit off. You're yeah. going to have to fucking cut that bitch off your face and get a fucking skin graft. That's the only way that's yeah. going away. I mean, the only the only thing that... Not even. What people don't realize is even if they can get it mostly removed, it takes time after time oh, yeah. after session after session. Super expensive. Super really, painful. Really painful. 
That's yeah. why I'm like, you know, I, I'll never get any of these tattoos removed. I was thinking about covering this one up, mm-hmm. but I was like, it's my first tattoo. Even if it kind of, even if it looks goofy and people always ask me questions about it, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just, whatever. Yeah. I'll just leave it. I don't care. Add to it. Why not? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to uh, get stuff around it, but I'll never, I'll never remove any of them. Or rap for a gang. Or rap for a gang. I, yeah. I definitely won't do that. Okay. The, uh. The rewards just don't seem to outweigh the <laughs> consequences or something like that. Yeah. hasn't worked out. The last thing I'll say about it is this. It's just, like I said, it's endlessly fascinating to me. That's why I've been keeping up with it. Not because I'm, I am I support or because I don't support. I don't care. Yeah. But it's just, culturally, it's just really interesting to watch. And I was, I was uh, driving around. I was listening to the radio uh, because when I Uber people, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend them, so I don't want to put anything crazy on. So I just listen to the rest. So I've been listening to a lot more radio recently. Mm-hmm. And these two DJs, they were on, like, I think it was 95.3. No, it was 94. It was the the R&B station, which is now the R&B and rap station here mm-hmm. in Orlando. I don't know what happened, but 94.5 used to be the soul station. Yeah. Now they play rap and R&B. Okay. 95.3, they play rap and pop music. And then 101.9, they play pop and alternative Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I Because back in the day, 101.9 and 95.3 were competing hip-hop, hip-hop stations. Hip-hop, right. 94.5 was strictly R&B and soul. And one, one, I forgot what the other one was. 106.7 was our alternative pop station. Yeah. <clears throat> Even before that, though, 95.3 used to be 95.3 Party. Yeah. And that's when it was like dance music. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Yeah. They're... Uh, their the direction they've taken their programming in. Anyway, these two DJs were on the radio talking about they were talking about the case and they were like, one guy brings it up, he's like, yo, Takashi 6ix9ine, he's on trial right now. And then the other guy's like, yeah, he's snitching. Snitches get stitches. And everybody in the fucking studio laughed and shit. And I was mm-hmm. like, what world are we living in? Where that's like a <laughs> funny thing now. Right. You know? Yeah. Like that used to be It's a funny quip. Yeah. That used to be a thing. Like I remember um when uh when when Dipset had the stop snitching shit mm-hmm. and it was all over we, we were in high school at the yeah, time yeah. and all these kids were wearing stop snitching shirts and mm-hmm. you know that was the logo yo stop snitching and and like the adults got wind of it and they're like what do you mean stop snitching it was like yo fuck that bullshit and like 13 <laughs> years old going yo I ain't no I ain't snitching on nobody mm-hmm. you know I'm like Cameron fuck motherfucker if he murders my motherfucking neighbor I don't care I'm not I'm not you gonna tell mad. him you know? <laughs> so uh. <laughs> they asked him, like, what if a, what if a murderer was right next door? Like, I mean, you can kill me. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, I mean, they just shouldn't put Cameron on TV. No, but they also, learned. they learned. Continue to put Cameron on TV because he's amazing. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, they got wind of it and it became this whole thing. It was all over the news. Stop snitching. What does snitching mean? I hear these kids are saying it, blah, blah, blah. And they cracked down on it and all this stuff. And now... Like snitches get stitches is it's it's like this it's like a ubiquitous phrase you well, see it all because, the time. It's because it's almost never used seriously. Right. Yeah. It's always used as like, hey, don't tattle on me. Right. But not actual in a literal court sense or right. to the police. Right. <clears throat> so I think now that they are, they're actually using it specifically for an actual trial, it's like. Uh, it's a little inappropriate, yeah. man. That's what I came away from. Was like it wasn't funny. I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of inappropriate, dude. <laughs> On the radio, 
Mm-hmm. That's what we doing? Snitches get stitches yeah. on the radio? Okay. All right, fine. It's an intimidating a witness. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's literally what it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's like, don't fucking say anything or you're going to face physical repercussions. Right. Witness tampering. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, Jesus. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, you were sorry, told. Sorry, guys. You were told sorry. not to do that anymore. I couldn't help it, man. That one came out. I couldn't stop it. All right. Well, somebody's ears are wet now. Yeah, well, deal with it. Don't act like you're not impressed. All right. We'll leave that one alone, but it's it's endlessly fascinating, and don't get upset if I bring it up on a later podcast because I'm, I'm just so... I'm just so enamored with it right now. Everything about it. It will be interesting it. to see how it all wraps up. No pun intended. <clears throat> yeah, I want to see, uh, you know, he he he's supposedly, like, not going to get, I mean, he'll get, like, probation, obviously putting, like, a witness protection oh, yeah, program. Sure. Dude, like, the first day of the trial, they were like, do you, do you recognize anybody in this courtroom? And he was like, homie right there in the brown suit is so-and-so, homie right there in the gray suit is so and I was like, God damn, son, <laughs> you don't give a damn. He is pointing them out. He is saying everything. I implore you guys to uh, look it up. Go on Twitter or wherever and and look up all the stuff that he's saying. It's just it's like a movie. Yeah. It's it's like um it's they, like that Tom Segura bit when when he's talking about um uh, the first forty eight, and he's like uh you know they just throw anything against the wall and see what and he's like. We, uh, you sure you didn't murder murder so and so? And he's like, I ain't, I don't I didn't murder him. He's like, Well, we saw you hanging out with so and so. And he's like, Yeah, I shot that guy. And he's like, <laughs> Lie, lie for longer. That's <laughs> 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 such a good bit, and it's like that exactly. It's like lie, dude, lie for longer. What's that? Like you're already le- like yeah. spilling everything. Fuck. What did they threaten you with? It took him less than twenty four hours. <laughs> Easy decision. Easy, easy decision for him, dude. Easy decision. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of, I guess comedians, Tom Segura and the like. Right. Uh, let's just let's just touch on this a little bit. Okay. The so everybody's everybody's kind of had their two cents to put in on the Shane Gillis thing. Shane Gillis is a stand-up comedian who was hired by SNL, uh, supposedly going to be part of their. Um, their next season, they brought in three different people. Him, uh, I think a chick, and then like an Asian dude. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't know any of them at, at the onset. I was like, yeah. okay, they're going after like some new blood. Yeah, they're all young. Yeah. So I mean, it only took a day, and they found a bunch of really uh, problematic stuff that this guy Shane Gillis said. On a podcast, on multiple podcasts, actually. Yeah. They, they got multiple podcasts of him saying, <clears throat> you know, just some, like, racist shit, basically. You know, he says, he, he calls Chinese people chinks. And uh, I, re- I read, I didn't hear it. I read this. So I'm not going to, I can't, I don't know. I didn't do the research on this one. But I read that on one podcast, he was talking about the Hollywood left. And he called uh, Judd Apatow a... A Jewish faggot, I think, or a Hollywood faggot. He said the F word. Yeah. He no, said he, he called him that for sure. Yeah, I, I heard a clip of that, and I think in the context he was like doing it as a character. And and well, okay, so and that's part of like this whole thing is like everything that he has said has been 
quote unquote in character. Okay. Because the the chink thing was like he was saying, he was saying it in reference to like someone else saying that. Because the other uh-huh. guy was like, the other guy was saying, you know, Chinatown get, is built and there's a bunch of Chinese people. And they're like, yeah, just and and he chimes in and he's like, yeah, just throw all the chinks over there. But it mm-hmm. was like. The way that he stated it was like almost in like another like speaking from another party's perspective. Of right. Like he's you know you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if if we're, if we're talking about Orlando, like ah, throw all the fucking tourists out there. Am I right? That's right, not right. my perspective. That is me speaking through that character. Right. 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 And that's how he did it. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Not apparently. I mean, I listened to it. That's how it sounded to me, anyway. Right. Uh. So all these all these these podcasts come out and. Or, or they were already out. They were recorded last year. And they and <laughs> one troubling thing about this is like the fact that he knew that they weren't going to be taken well. Yeah. So he started scrubbing the internet of all ah. of the episodes. Ah. So that's kind of like that's kind of incriminating, right? Yeah, you would think. You know, you go and you, you just start deleting all. The, it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. Right. So, <clears throat> lo and behold. He gets fired from SNL. Like right. a day, like two days after he gets hired, he immediately gets fired. But this was after he apologized, sort of. Yeah. What and a, what a weak, no apology apology. And so here's the here's the thing. This is this is the only reason. This is the only reason I want to bring this up, is because if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that we're we're big fans of stand up comedians. We're proponents of stand up comedians saying borderline whatever the hell they want to say mm. basically as long as it's funny right you know but in the context of it everyone understanding that this isn't taken seriously and he we're trying to get a joke off mm-hmm. if it doesn't work you've learned your lesson like ah you know what i i didn't say that right i i didn't get to the thought of it i didn't i just didn't do that one right, right. i have to work on that yeah so like i you know I understand people defending, you know, uh, stand-up comedians who are doing things within the context of that. Mm-hmm. When they get in trouble, it's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. That's like, that's like if you walked in on me mid-songwriting mm-hmm. and I said something that was fucked up, and you're like, how could you? And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not even done with this song. I'm still working yeah, on it. Right, I don't right. know if that's gonna work or not. Except they don't have the benefit of having that private. They have to try it out. Right, publicly. they have to do it. So yeah, I guess uh, a better way would be every time I was coming up with something new, I went and performed those lyrics immediately after coming up with them. Right. And then somebody going, oh, I, I don't like that. Yeah, that and was then, awful. And I'm, I'm like, well, I don't have any other way of like coming up with this stuff. This is the only way I can workshop it. I have to put this out there. Anyway, I think the difference is, number one, I don't, he's not that funny. No. I mean, he's he's good. He's a decent comedian. I I, I mean, I wasn't like, man, they really lost a good one here. Like, <laughs> it was all right. Right. I watched I watched a lot of his stand up. You know, I, I wanted to have an uh, uh, an objective opinion mm-hmm. on it, so I watched his stuff. I, I listened to the podcast. Like, you know, I'm not going off of headlines, right. going off of like actual act, looking the shit up. Eh, he's all right. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you know. This isn't the same thing. Like, this isn't cancel culture going crazy, I don't mm. think. Mm. I think this is... I think he kind of brought this on himself a little bit. I think the the jokes 
they weren't good jokes, but you can get past that. I mean, it's like, just tell people, I fucked up. Those weren't good jokes. I mm -hmm. tried, and they just didn't come across the way that I wanted them to come across. I'm sorry to everybody who I offended. But the way that he ha he, has no, been he handling was, it. He was clearly not sorry no. for saying the things he did. And, I mean, that's his right. He can be yeah. He can be completely unrepentful. Repent, unrepentant repentant repentant yes i was gonna say repenting and that's not right either unrepentful um about it that's totally fine he has every right to to not care right uh but you got to realize when they're coming after you especially nowadays if you don't actually apologize people are going to notice yeah it doesn't matter if you thinly veil uh Sorry for anybody that's actually offended by this. <laughs> I, I mean, if you were, my bad, right. I guess. But it's not good enough, and uh, it's clear that he doesn't really feel that way. Yeah. So there's no real remorse. So in my opinion, I don't even. I don't think he should have apologized. No, if he's, uh, you can't half-ass it. Yeah. You know, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Yeah. Just, t just say. You know, I made those comments in jest. If you listen to the full context, you may, might understand a bit more than the headlines will tell you. Yeah. And they were jokes. Were yeah. they good jokes? No. But I made them anyway. That's my job as a comedian. That's it. Yeah. You know, take it or leave it. Right. But yeah, exactly. He threw in a week. I'm sorry if, for anybody that was actually offended. But yeah. It's like, I think, I think if you're... I think this is the, that's the difference between him and somebody who defended him and somebody who I love, which is Bill Burr. Mm -hmm. Bill Burr, Bill Burr says, "Fuck you! I don't care. Right. I don't care if you're offended by this. Right. This is, I mean, this is, I, this is my art. This is my opinion on this." And most people respect him for that. And and the other thing is. When people always try to, like, Bill Burr himself is like, you know, it's cancel culture and they're going too far and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, dude, but you yourself are somebody who is pushing the line of things that you can and can't say, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and you're doing it masterfully. Right. And you're doing it the way that comedians are supposed to do it. Yeah. You're, it's like, it's easy for him as somebody who I consider maybe the best stand-up comedian in the game right now, mm -hmm. save for Dave Chappelle. I know that's now a hot-button issue. <laughs> right. But <clears throat> Bill Burr, I mean, he might be the best in the game right now. Mm -hmm. I, I like, I love Tom Segura. You know, uh, Nate Bargatze's really fun. I mean, there's just there's yeah, a there's ton, ton of guys. Stand-up is incredible guys. right now. But I think Bill Burr might be sitting at the top of the mountain, man. Yeah. So it's easy for him with the crown on his head to look down and be like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't do it. Like you shouldn't say those things. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're up there yeah. doing it incredibly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the argument, <clears throat> the argument would be, well, of course, of course he's doing it great. He's had more experience than, than this guy did. Yeah. He's a way younger comedian. Yeah. Just, just getting his teeth sharpened, you know? And I honestly, I think maybe he just wasn't ready. Because the stuff that was coming out was stuff that was immature, tone deaf, not funny. Yeah. And in a platform like podcasting, you know, we skirt the line sometimes, but it's never a thing that like we're not trying to push the line on this show. And I don't think that many comedians, this is the right format to do that yeah. because it's too easy to mistake 
what we're talking about here as our actual feelings. Yeah. Because inherently, this platform is a personal one. So unless we're doing like uh, the Dougie and Brandon show where I'm Dougie and he's Brandon <laughs> and they know we're not playing ourselves. Yeah. It's very hard to separate our actual feelings and thoughts if we go, oh, yeah, I'm going to say screw the Jews, <laughs> you know, like does Adam really that. feel that way? As a sound Don't bite. do that. Uh, screw the Jews. <laughs> does Adam really feel that way or was he just joking? Quote yeah. unquote. Because we seamlessly flow from actual feelings to jokes, but that's the nature of a conversation. Yeah. You can't, you're not going to mistake that when you're on the stage doing an act. Yeah. So I just think it was the wrong format for him to be yeah. pushing the line, quote unquote. And on top of that, it wasn't funny. Yeah. So those are the two strikes he got right there automatically. Right. It's just it's just so easy to take those things out of context. And I mean, even if you're in a even if you're a comedian who does look at your podcast as an opportunity to you know long form work out things and try to push the line a little bit. All right. Again, though, like you have to, you have to double down on that. Then you have to, you have to stand by that shit. Like a right. weak ass apology, that ain't gonna cut it. It just makes it. It just, in my opinion, it just makes it worse. And then, and then the other, like his his statement after they came out and said that they were done with him was even even worse. Yeah, <laughs> where he's like, you know, I understand their their opinion on this, and I respect uh, their decision. I was always a mad TV guy anyway. And it's like, nobody was a mad TV guy, son. <laughs> Not even fucking Bobby Lee was a mad TV guy. All the motherfuckers are SNL rejects. Come on, son. Yeah. That's part of the, the allure. That's yeah. part, part of the fun of it. Um, yeah. No, on top of that, he was like, um, you know, I, I, I respect their decision uh, because it would be too distracting. And I get that. Yeah. It's like, uh, dude. But also, I was good enough. To yeah. have been on SNL. And nobody wish, can take that away from me. Yeah, I wish they would have let me prove myself. Uh, but I was always a Mad TV guy anyway. Here's, here's the kicker, though. Mm -hmm. According to rumors, he was hired. I heard this one. Specifically. According to Variety, I think it was. Somebody talked to Variety. To appeal to a more conservative audience group mm -hmm. because they were afraid that they are now too left-leaning right and they wanted to balance out the show okay so with that in mind i just don't think you fire this guy i think it's a bad move to fire him yeah i think you keep him on and you see where it fucking goes yeah. i mean his apology was the nail in the coffin? For sure. I think he There's could no have. Coming back from that. Yeah, I, I think, and a lot of people said, a lot of Asian people have obviously chimed in because it's, you know, it's been a lot of Asian comedians and Asian writers, mm -hmm. and just people and just Asian people, period, right. who uh, were hurt by this and and you know had had a strong opinion on it. And it's like, and, and and that's the thing. It's like, it's easy for us to be like, eh, it wasn't that bad, right? But. He didn't say spicks, mm -hmm. you know. He didn't yeah. say niggers. Right. He didn't. He said. He said chinks. Oh, and, and people have brought that up too, and saying like, "There's, there's a anti bias for Asian slander, essentially. Like yeah. people are more accepting of that than they are of other right. of brown and black people. Well, cause, yeah, because uh, it it comes off as like not that bad, right? 
And it's like, yeah, you can say that from a place of privilege of not being yeah. the person being called that. Yeah. I think that's just a population thing, honestly. It's like there are, especially in our area, less Asian people than there are black and brown people. Yeah. So you're not in that culture where hearing that would hurt that person right. as often. So we're not as, um, I guess, uh, embedded in the culture that we would see that as being an issue right. immediately. We're not, we're not, we're not sensitive to it. Cause it's like, well, I mean, how many, you know, there's not a lot of Asians hanging around here right. that we would care. It's a very like, regional like it thing, obviously, yeah. but so <laughs> statistically, yeah. So to say like, you know, it, it, it uh, from their perspective, I, I, a lot of them were like, that was a bum ass apology. If his apology was just better. Yeah. We, this wouldn't even be happening, you know, yeah. because, you can get away with that. I think if you if you if the way that it's painted is I was I was speaking from a character's perspective. It's not my own. Mm-hmm. Like listen to the whole show, you'll understand the context. With that being said, I understand that that word is hurtful to people. I used it trying to be funny and it didn't it, did, it didn't work. Right. And I apologize to the people that I offended. I, you know, I, I'm, 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 I gotta hone my craft a little bit more. But I, I sincerely apologize to you guys, because you know I understand that that's hurtful, and right. I, you know I was going for something, and I missed. I, I fucked up. I'm sorry. See, but that's that's genuine, and he was not genuine. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's I mean that's what a lot, and and, and that's you know <clears throat> people are always like, we need a road back. Right from cancel culture. Right. Do do these people just have to kill themselves? Is that that'll yeah. make you happy? They, they can't be. They can't do what they love anymore. That's like I think that there is a road back. I think it's long, it's strong, and it's down to get the friction mm. on. But I think that there is a road back, and I think that you. Uh, I think that it's a perilous mind minefield that you have to navigate, and yeah. I think that it is different for each person because each thing that these guys get in trouble for is different. Right. You know, there's no, there's no path back for Harvey Weinstein. No, there's a path back for a guy like Aziz and he proved it. He came back and put out a special. People liked it. People, if you go on his Instagram, they constantly ask him when season three of master of none is. Mm -hmm. And that's specifically because he had so many people who were on his side in the first place. Yeah. Now you, the reason I bring those two up because I'm trying to illustrate the levels to the path back, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So there, you can't just say, all right, you fucked up. You put out your apology. Now wait six months to a year and then do this, this, and this, and then we'll let you back on TV. That's right. not how it works. Right. People have to accept what they're going to accept and the people who aren't, they're just not gonna Michael Vick, for instance, Mm -hmm. Mike Vick, when he got caught up in all that stuff and, uh, you know, people, people really let this dude have it. And Mm -hmm. he went to, he went, he lost his livelihood, went to prison or jail or whatever. He did his time. He lost a lot of money. People thought he was never going to play football again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he slowly started working his way back. You know, he starts doing the whole, you know, donate to charity and, and you know, um, donate to the, the shelters and all this stuff. Like, he, he did it the right way, yeah. quote. Yeah. And there's still thousands of people who would, if they had the chance, sick their dogs on him yeah. because they hate him so much. Yeah. 
Well, you're not going to find redemption in everybody. Exactly. But there is a path back for most people. Mm -hmm. He came back and had career years with the Eagles. Well, and that's also to say, like, even also, if, he's a super talented football player. Yeah, that, that helps that too. Helps. <laughs> helps too. Winning always. <laughs> Being things. good at whatever you do helps. Um, but at the same time, like, that's not to say, like, okay, even if we forgive you as a culture, mm-hmm. let's say we, we can say, you know, you said some racist shit. There's no denying it. You said it. You admit to have saying it. You did the thing. Uh, you did your penance. You said you were sorry. You meant it. Uh, you know, you've, you've gone maybe years doing, uh, I don't know, charity work or whatever, whatever you need to do to prove that you're a different person now and yeah. you're not just doing it for show. You might still not get your TV show back. Right. That's not a guarantee. Right. And just because you don't doesn't mean you're owed one either. Right. We can and, and just because you, you put the work in doesn't mean you're owed one. No, it was a blessing to begin with that you had this thing. Mm-hmm. You may have worked hard on it, sure, worked hard for it, but there are, I guarantee, countless other people who have not said some shit that you did waiting to take your place. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're done with your apology tour, they may have done that already. Right. So you're not a victim for doing your time and coming back and realizing there's no space for you there anymore. Right. You still fucked up. So you can do anything else you want to do, but you're not promised anything. You're not guaranteed anything. And I am, I'm sick of this, this, you know, obviously, you know, we, we go back and forth about PC culture all the time, but when people get caught doing stuff and either they have a half assed apology or they, they do the apology. Great. And then they're still not, you know, falling into people's arms again. And suddenly they're the victim. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Let's, you're not the victim. You're yeah. not, you're not some martyr to PC, uh, uh, culture now. Like that does not, it's not how it works. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not going to feel bad for you. Right. Shouldn't have fucked up. Sorry. Right. So, Even, and, and that's that's all part of just dealing with the consequences. It's of consequences. Your that's, that's all. It. It's consequences. Yeah. Is what it is. It's not. It's not these raving lunatics. I mean, obviously, there's there's the small contingent on Twitter and stuff. It can you, swing in that way, sure. And you know, like I, I would agree to an extent about Aziz. There's still people out there looking for his blood. Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't agree with that. I think that you know, I think he's he's done what he needed to do to to get past it. But there are lots of people who disagree with me, yeah. and I understand that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like he's done enough culturally that he's able to continue in what he wants to do for a living. And maybe, maybe you see that as being, you know, because he's a man or because he's wealthy and so he's able to bounce back more easily. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I just think it works out sometimes, (laughs) you know, if there's a mathematical equation here, like you were saying, where it's not going to work for Harvey Weinstein, he can be the greatest movie producer of all time. It's not going to work for him because he was an actual monster. Monster. Yeah. Aziz, I think is a different spectrum. (laughs) So, you know, right. And that's, and that's, that's the whole point. People, people are like, we have to, there has to be a way back. And it's like, there is, and it's different for everybody. Right. And they have to walk that fucking, they have to walk that line. And when you do something, when you fuck up in the public, 
you have to walk that line for the rest of your public life. Yeah. Because people are always going to go back to that thing. You just have to accept that. You can't, you can't, you can't be like, it's one thing in a relationship to say, why why are you still holding this over my head? Yeah. You're a public figure. Our relationship with you only extends to when we can see you on TV. And for some people, every time that they see you on TV, they get triggered by what you did. That's what they think of, yeah. And so that's going to be the thing that they think of every time you're on TV. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to get brought up every time you get back on TV. You have to deal with that. Yeah. Most people have let the Chris Brown thing go. Yeah. But there's still a small minority group of people who are like, oh, yeah, he beat the shit out of Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't bad enough, this is the, the, the other thing about him is like, People seem to forget he didn't just beat the shit out of Rihanna. Like he called Frank Ocean a faggot and he like Oh yeah. He like never really apologized. He got mad when somebody asked him to apologize on like TV and right. stuff. Like he just that's not a good person. No. This is not a good person. No. But piece of shit. I'm not gonna go down that road. He's just not a good person. So it, it's little shit like Talented that. Talented piece like, of shit. Yeah. And uh, you know, so yeah, you, you wanna road back? Shane Gillis, you wanna road back? Get got, the walking, buddy. Yeah, you you got to figure it out, man. You got to walk the. You got to walk that lonely road. Okay. Don't, don't get flagged. Don't get flagged. You got to do that shit by yourself, man. And I think that people need to stop trying to figure out what is the way back. There is no template. Mm-hmm. There's no blueprint for this. Right. This is the wild west right now. Yeah. So if you you know you gotta figure it out. Well, it's different for everybody. Exactly, like we saying. it's different for everybody. Uh, I don't think he's gonna have any trouble though, because it seems like a lot oh, of comedians oh, have his back. Yeah, he's got a lot of support. He's gotten a lot of publicity from this entire thing. Yep. So I feel like he's gonna come out with a special or Special's a new gonna, podcast yeah. or something. Definitely. And, and his road dates now. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. This guy's gonna go on tour, and you know, come on, they're gonna eat it up. And yep. now there's now there's like this um, there's this growing group of right-leaning comedians mm. as like a response to the fact that like most comedians are left-leaning yeah so now you got the nick DePaulos and stuff who Ugh. are coming out and i think triggered i think i think yeah that yeah i think he'll be right at home on 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 the right wing <laughs> one of those tour tours. circuit what's yeah, funny probably. is like i mean he he you know from a stand-up like he, he you know he even says he has a whole bit where he's like, I know I have a face that says I voted for Trump, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. And like, you know, he has a whole, you know. So it's not like he's not this super hateful guy, mm-hmm. I don't think anyway. Right. Who the fuck do I know? Don't know him personally. Yeah. But. I'm not gonna speak on maybe he is a super hateful guy. I don't know. Yeah. What we can what we can glean from his public appearances and all that stuff is like he just tried a bit. It didn't work. And instead of being sincere in his apology, he mm-hmm. doubled down because he was like, no, fuck that. I'm yeah. a comedian. Right. People have, there's comedians and people who support comedians are starting to have this idea that comedians are like this infallible group of we artists. Talk, we talked about this already a long time ago. Yeah. Is it like you can't use I'm a comedian as a crutch for saying shitty stuff. Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. It, a, a comedian should be protected in their realm, but that doesn't give you free reign to, to say whatever the hell you want to yeah. and not have any consequences for it. It needs to be within a context. Yeah. It's all about the arena. It, it, it's, you know, 
I don't know. Let's say you're a, a, a football player. When you're playing football, you can hit people. <laughs> right. When you're grocery shopping, you can't hit people. Right. So like it, you have to be in the context that, and it's something that's hard to, hard to see. Yeah. You know, it's hard to tell, but you can tell, you can yeah. tell when a comedian's doing comedy. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. So it's like, if you're the person who shows up to Shane Gillis's show and you sit in the front row and he says something that you don't like, it's like, that's kind of your problem. That's not his problem. Right. He, he's, this is the basis of his show. You showed up, you paid tickets to go see him. Right. And you didn't like what he said. That's a personal problem. Yeah. But if he's in a grocery store and he's calling the cashier a chink, that's that's now our problem. That's a problem. That's yeah. that's everybody's problem. Yeah, that's a problem. So, you know, <clears throat> yeah, people need to get off this thing where like, you know, they're like this like a a, a protected group in society or something. Right. Like, you know, we hire all gays, lesbians, all races, creeds, colors, and comedians. <laughs> like. They're not infallible. Don't tread on me. <laughs> uh, fuck. What else we got? Mm. Something. Something else that was super triggering. I guess mm. that Tim Tebow stuff. <laughs> yeah. Let's that Tim let's, Tebow stuff. Let's talk about that. Okay. A uh, little bit of sports. A little, little bit of sports. 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 Um. We need a we we need a we need a name for that bit. That's it. Sports. It's just sports? I thought we had a name for it. I thought so, too. We'll look at the papers. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we did our, our formal uh, uh, folders. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I have it written down somewhere. Yeah. On my, eh, we'll, we'll find it later. But, yeah. <laughs> just sports. 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 So, Tim Tebow's make he, They... Excuse me. You okay? <laughs> Every time I talk about up. Tebow, I get all emotional. I've never been a fan of Tim Tebow, man. And it's not the religion stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the... He just... He just seems like so boring. <laughs> it's just There's just nothing interesting about him. You know, yeah. it's just like this milk toast, just like... He's talented, one of the greatest good uh, college quarterbacks. Seems like a generally good, yeah, a he good seems like guy. a nice guy. I don't... I should rephrase. I don't dislike him. Mm-hmm. I'm just very indifferent to him. Yeah, it's just he's just so boring to me. Yeah, so boring. I, I don't like his voice. I don't like his face. <laughs> Maybe I don't like. Are him. You sure you don't, yeah, I was gonna say. Are you sure you? <laughs> I don't want it don't to seem like him? I have a personal vendetta against the guy, but I just don't find anything. He's just unappealing. He's okay. a very unappealing person to me. That notwithstanding, yeah, <laughs> he was on uh, I, he was on one of these ESPN shows. I think it was First Take, and they were talking about college athletes being finally um, compensated. Compensated. Thank you for their talents and for their uh, image and everything like that. Uh, because for years, for years, the NCAA has been making billions of dollars off billions. these guys. The schools make millions of dollars off of these guys. And the the catch-all argument has always been, yeah, well they get free home and board. They get mm-hmm. a scholarship, they get like free education, free 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 room and a key. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm home here now. Uh and they should be happy with that. 
They get a free education. They get to play for a, a school that they want to play for, and they get a chance to make it into the NFL. Yeah, that should be. They should be okay Enough with that. Incentive. And I've always, I mean, I, <clears throat> I remember when, I remember when, EA Sports was still doing the NCAA football game, mm-hmm. and uh, a buddy of mine was a, a really big fan of this game. Mike, shout out to Mike Espinosa, you freak. <laughs> He 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 loved that shit. He's a big Gators fan, so he loves Tebow and 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 you know he loved the Gator loves the Gators, and he used to have that game. We play all the time, and I remember I remember when I found out, I was like, cause cause um, uh, like some of the play like the players, they don't have like their names and stuff on the on the. Yeah. They're just players in the game, right? They're I'm numbers. Like, I'm like, what's well, what's that about? And he's like, well, we, you know, they can't use some of their likenesses and stuff, and they don't get paid for that. And I'm like. They don't get paid. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. And then you know, but I was I was younger. I was younger. Now I'm an adult, and I understand like everything about that. But I always thought that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. They make billions for these colleges yeah. collectively. The coaches, kind of money coaches that make a ton of money. Oh, coaches make millions. They get paid like NFL coaches. Yeah. Some of them are. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them come back and they're like, "Well, it's just easier to do it here." Yeah, and. I, I just, ah, oh man. So he's on the show, and, and he is, uh, he's talking, Tim Tebow's on the show, and they asked him his opinion, because he's a person who would have a pretty uh, pretty good opinion on something like this. And Tim Tebow, I'm going to pull up what he said, but Tim Tebow is on the side of um, the fact that Uh, uh, sorry, I was reading. <laughs> Tim Tebow is on the side of of the fact that uh, college players should be happy with happy with the opportunity, mm-hmm. the 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 right, the 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 blessing, mm-hmm. if the you will, to play. to play for their favorite college and mm-hmm. to do the thing that they love, and right. they you know. They don't need compensation for that. Why? Why? Why should you know? We don't want the 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 the, the what he said basically. Cause I can't I can't find the the statement, but I remember what he said was basically like, we don't want this turning into the NFL mm-hmm. where it's guys where it's all me me me. Mm-hmm. College sports. The beauty of college sports is that everything that these players do is for the team mm-hmm. it's for the school it's for us it's right. an us versus them mentality not a me versus mm-hmm. everyone else mentality to do it for the school that your grandfather went to and <laughs> that you've been wanting to go to as a kid forever so if he so if you start uh if you start paying these guys it's going to be more and more of these egos getting in the way right and who's making what yeah And obviously, there was a lot of pushback from most <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of, it's just kind of, again, another, another fascinating, another fascinating thing to look at to see a guy so blinded by his own privilege. And I'm using that word privilege because mm. it's a privilege to be a, some would say, good looking white guy <laughs> who is in incredible shape. Who basically had? I'm not gonna say like everything handed to him because he worked his ass off. Of I give him the credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible college football player. Right. 
But you're going to be all right, Tebow. Right. And you would have been all right regardless. Mm -hmm. You would have got your education at an incredible school where your parents met, and it's been like this whole thing for you. So, of course, you have that in your head. And you would have been all right. Right. But there's thousands of kids mm -hmm. who, and, and they all responded to him. A lot of, the, a lot of uh, 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 NFL players were like, dude, you know better. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. You had teammates who didn't have fucking, who didn't have anything, right. who scraped by. Who, who were barely eating. Mm -hmm. You know what this could do for, for kids nowadays? Yeah. And it's just, it's, just, it's just fascinating to see a guy who, like, so passionately... Oh, he was yelling about yeah, it. Yeah, he was so passionately wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, I don't know, it's just, I love seeing shit like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a conversation for a long time. And mm -hmm. there, are, there actually are people who... Agree with Tebow, and, yeah, and feel passionately well, the NCAA that NCAA <laughs> agrees with him. Yeah, so I mean, but I mean, they have their own, they have their own interests in of, mind. Yeah, of course, for that they have an agenda. Um, I, I, th I want to say California put in some law into action that they're going to start paying. I college. think that was the basis of this whole thing. Why they even asked him in the first right. place, and the NCAA kind of fired back and was like okay, you guys are doing this, but understand that you doing this is going to affect you being in the NCAA. Yeah. Because we can't have you guys paying students and everybody else not. Yeah. So we may have to cut your teams from the NCAA. Uh, so they threaten that. Oh, man. Uh, That'd be pretty big. Yeah. So It's a lot of schools. Yup, a lot of big ones. A lot of prestigious schools. Yeah. So uh, it, it's causing a lot of confusion. And I understand both sides of the argument. But I I mean, I just, I think of the, I think of the kids that are putting everything into their athletics, their athletic career in college and don't make it or get injured midway through their college career and what, the, what they have left when they've focused their entire lives on this sport. And of course they're going to school still, but they're probably not focused on their major. Yeah. You know, their, their life is playing football or playing <laughs> basketball or whatever else they do. Um, so I, I don't, I think it just, it can put them in a very bad position. I understand it's, it's a privilege for them to play for their, their favorite school and to play for a team and to have that camaraderie and rah, rah, whatever, you know, go my school. But at the same time, you're putting your, you are putting yourself, your individual person on the line. Yeah. Every night you go out and you practice day yeah. in, day out, and you, you go on the field and you play for this school, which will in turn make money. Right. They're generating money off of you. Right. So you are, you are working for something that is making money and you're not getting a dime from it. Right. And I understand school's expensive nowadays. That's an entire other conversation. But at the same time, I just feel like they deserve some compensation for that. Yeah. Personally. Well, and, and also this idea that they are lucky to be doing what they're doing. It's like some of these guys, these fucking 
uh, predators have been watching them since like elementary school. You see yeah. a kid who's a little bit bigger than the rest of them, a little bit faster, mm-hmm. and they've been watching these kids for years. And they get yeah. into high school and they start bowling people over and they're like, that's our fucking guy. Mm-hmm. And they fucking sink their teeth in them for years, dude. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that we're, they're supposed to, like it's not like they didn't win some lottery. They busted their asses to get there. Mm-hmm. They, it's not a privilege. Right. It's a privilege because they're putting on all of this shit. They're giving them the opportunity. Yeah, they're putting them on the stage. They don't have a right to play for an NFL team. But it's also not like they didn't just fall into it. Mm -hmm. They worked their asses to get there. Right. So this idea that like they should just be they should just be happy that they even made it. It's like this thing wouldn't be what it is without these guys. Yeah. And it's always the fucking people who are like, you wouldn't even have a job if I if I didn't pay for these tickets. And it's like, dude, you're paying the ticket to see me. <laughs> right. So what are you talking about? Yeah. And in a lot of instances, yeah, they would. <laughs> they would still have a job if you didn't show up, dude. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who support them and agree with them and would pay you know, pay good money mm-hmm. to fucking go see that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a chicken and the egg thing. It's stupid. Yeah. It's a, the fans just. Oh man, I could talk for another hour Entitled. about how much I hate fans nowadays. The yeah. entitlement of fans. Not our fans. We love our. Fans. Not our fans. No. They're all the best. Absolutely. All you guys are amazing. Five no stars. entitlement from you guys. Uh, sports fans. I mean, it's yeah. mostly sports fans. Like it, it, it dips into other things mm-hmm. where it's like you owe me. I I I watched your movie. You yeah. owe oh, me. Yeah. It's like I was gonna say part. like Marvel movie fans. <sighs> yeah. Mostly, though, it's shitty sports fans who are like, I paid this ticket. I watch you on TV. Bleed for me. Yeah. How could you leave us? And it's like, I pay your bills. Really? Do you? Think about this. Marshawn Lynch, for instance. Marshawn Lynch never spent a dime of any of his NFL contracts. Mm. All of the money that he spent came from endorsements. Yeah. He never, all the money he made in contracts, he saved. Mm Mm-hmm. So what does that say? You didn't pay Marshawn Lynch's bills. Right. And there's plenty of other guys who do the same thing, who don't even need the game check. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, Le'Veon Bell sat out an entire year. You didn't pay his bills. Right. His bills got paid, dude. Yep. So, I don't No know. one owes you nothing. No. No. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's just amazing that there's anybody on the NCAA side. It's like, doesn't the NCAA just make you think stinky big business you know <laughs> sounds like it doesn't it yeah it's a corporation it sounds like this corporate like this uh, this ugh. like they're like you would see those four letters on a building and you're like i don't yeah. want to go in there it's like a bank yeah it's just like ugh. Ugh. all those all those fucking guys walking around in suits yeah they all look just ugh. i don't i don't want to be around that miserable yeah and then you're gonna side with that company you know it's yeah. like ah wells fargo's trying <laughs> gross yeah no. You're going to side with them? No. And what's even funnier is the, uh, you know, the right, the right, their whole thing is we need less government oversight. Mm-hmm. The NCAA is literally just a governing body over all of these organizations telling them what to do. Yeah. But they're not the government. They might as well be. Yeah. Football government. Yeah. Football government. The worst kind. <sighs> all right. Kids. I think we got it. Think I think we got so. it. I think we got Anything it. else? Yeah, I think we got it. I think we got it. All right. Let's see how we feel about these beers. One more swig. For the road. Mm-hmm. 
What you think, Kobe? Yeah, I mean it. It does what it says it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a light beer. Yeah, it's fine. I mean it. Uh, it it tastes pretty good. Yeah, it does. I could definitely crush a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, not really much else to say about it. I'll give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Just a solid, light lager. Yep. Does its job. I mean, it tastes slightly better than Bud Light. Yeah. Like, if I, if, if, if I did a side-by-side with these, I might not be able to tell the difference, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. It's a pretty distinct taste. <laughs> yeah. Like the the feeling, the sensation, where it hits in the back of your throat, all mm. of that stuff is the same. There is a yeah. distinct flavor difference. Yeah. But it's not as if like it's going to blow your socks off. No, no. It's, it sounds kind of weird, but it doesn't have as much of like a tin flavor as as I feel like Bud Light does. Yeah. You know? No, I get that. I get that. Less of a metallic. It yeah. tastes fresher. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go three also. Okay. Unanimous three. For the sideward brewing Gunner Locker. This has been the One Beer In Podcast. For myself, Marco Dupa. For Adam Obesius Rodriguez. A blicky with the sticky. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you.